Well, hello there, Wastelands. This is Eric, editor of Waste Division Art Collective, and one of the producers of Waste Radio Podcast Network. Hopping back on to introduce another episode of Game of Pros. This is our newest podcast uh, that we have added to the network, all the way from the East Coast out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it pits hosts Alina Cross and Dave Z, uh, longtime friends, against each other in a war of the words. Uh, this will, this is the second episode we're publishing. We posted the last one a few weeks ago. Um, basically, they each get a prompt and a week to write a story, whether that be a short story, song, poetry, screenplay, and uh, compete against each other with a special guest judge each week to decide the winner. Um, they have al- already recorded their whole uh, first season, and we are just releasing them on our Waste Radio podcast network. So be on the lookout for uh, the rest of the f- season one coming up in the upcoming weeks and months. Um, also, uh, Alina, she is a artist on Waste Division as well. We support her visual art, and uh, you should check at her out at Waste Dash, sorry, waste-division.org. Uh, you can check her visual art out and photography and also a bunch of other great local and global art, um, whether that be photography, music, more podcasts, uh, fiction, essays, uh, you name it. We're trying to get into it. And we also want to give a little bump to our uh, most recent project, uh, Waste Division presents Quarantine Days, a live streaming um, music concert uh, with live poetry, stories, and interviews uh, every other Sunday, uh, streaming live on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So go ahead and make sure to subscribe to all of those. And if you're feeling the void of social interaction and live music and uh, performance uh, like we have been, well, you should uh, definitely jump on board. We already have six episodes out. Uh, You can catch all of those uh, post-recorded, the uh, post-video and post-live in a podcast version here on Waste Radio. Uh, There should be a few episodes up already. So some on-the-go live entertainment, and also make sure to check it out live uh, when it happens on those Sundays. Uh, but also getting back to Game of Pros, uh, the other host, Dave Z, uh, he, uh, also has another podcast that they do called Cinema Scario, um, where Dave jumps into the world of cinema and, uh, it's a really great listen. So, you know, that's something that, you know, hopefully eventually we will add to Waste Radio as well. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, on to this episode, uh, we have them competing with the theme being video games this time. And both Alina and Dave take a very interesting uh, take, very different as well take, uh, on the genre or theme of video games in their stories. It's a really great listen. Um, Everybody should check it out. Uh, Check out Waste Radio on Podbean, uh, Spotify, uh, and wherever else you get your podcasts at. Uh, and also our art collective, waste-division.org. We can get a bunch of updates on all of our podcast programming as well. Uh, So I will let Dave and Alina take it away.
something right in the middle it doesn't sound as good future this this is this is the more accurate future calm down we need to we need to hear you express yourself clearly about your all right all right getting in there i'm gonna get all up in it rolling on this thing and then getting that's what i I need you i need you up on that (laughs) what dark souls playthrough is this or no is what's what's the game called sekiro sekiro or sekiro Sekiro. I think Sekiro, Sekiro, yeah. It's one it's, of those words. There's five different pronunciations. Yeah. For, and, it's, and, it come, it. and one person says it in the game randomly that you can't, you don't even have to meet. He's just this, like, nine-foot dude that's just like, hello, I'm going to kill you. No, never mind, I like you. Do you have a name? No? Sekiro, goodbye. And then just, you just never see him again. I was like, what a great title to the game. Good Good thing I found this motherfucker. Cool. All <laughs> right. <laughs> goodbye. See ya. Just name drop. Just, <laughs> then just out. And Alina, I challenge you to another Game of Pros. Oh, fine. <laughs> this week's topic was... Video games. And this week, we have Mr. Gregson joining us as our judge. Oh, hey, guys. Happy How you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good. I just feel like the appropriate time to have me on here. I guess we deemed, for some reason, we're not doing a coin flip because you say so. Yeah. I, 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 well, she won I just... the coin flip and then turned it around <laughs> as well, a well, well, the, no. Well, this is your bad because you're supposed to run it, not let her run it. Well, I, I went... It's never been how the world worked. <laughs> yeah, I went first last time, so I just thought it was only fair that you go first. And you made me go first. In the sense that this is a video game discussion, that's how it worked in Final Fantasy VI. They did a coin toss to see who would win to choose who got to be king and who would leave, and the one that won didn't become king. No. Like he was, he was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> like You get to be king. Now, according to your rules, you are the judge, so I feel that that Final Fantasy VI ruling is uh, fair enough, so I guess I'm going first. In 2021, something surprising happened. We started playing outside again. Call it boredom, but video games, movies, and social media failed to hold our imaginations as they once did. Thanks in part to the lack of imagination the corporations in charge of our entertainment diets had. The digital escapism that at one point took us away from the rinse and repeat of the real world was now no match for the endless possibilities that awaited in what we always had right in front of us. Nature. It didn't take long, though. But in 2025, Paradox Technologies found a way to make nature, and this time, reality, man's Play-Doh, and the world's first fully immersive video game. They called it Spiral. Spiral. A dreamer's toy box, where any whim of the imagination was yours to make into a reality. Gamers were given the ability to play as gods. Meditative gardens in outer space, sprawling fields of fantastic beasts fresh for the hunt. Some of the more nostalgic among us were given the ability to go back to any time, any age, and live out the past exactly how they wanted to. Then, there's me. Although, you know, I've never been much of a gamer. Here I am now, moments away from being crushed under the iron greave of a 12-foot-tall armored reptile named Saren Ka, guardian of the cataclysm. This is where you and all of Spiral belong, under my foot. You know, for a video game, I start to notice that crushing pain I feel in my chest is feeling, in fact, very real. Hey, 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 Frank! Hey, is this supposed to hurt this bad? The calm link inside my helmet pulses to the life, only instead of advice, I met with a muffled nonsense from a mouthful of potato chips. 
Hold on, man. Hey, this is really starting to hurt. Saren Cog grins down at me, pressing harder as a long swath of acid drool falls several inches from my head. All right, you're going to hit him with the Iron Maiden. Any damage dealt to you gets dealt back to him twofold. Saren Cog has me squashed. I don't have the power. Can you just give me a hack? I'm face to face with Saren Cog. He smiles, ready to squash me out of existence. Goodbye, pathetic. Suddenly, a bright flash emits from my suit, creating a force field around me that violently sends Sarenkov flying across the dungeon, crashing into a nearby column. Struggling to my feet, I feel like ten men now. As Sarenkov shakes himself free from the rubble, we lock eyes. He hunches down on all fours, ready to charge. With a bit of a flourish, I unleash two blades that unsheath from my gauntlets. A moment passes. Sarenkov charges, taking out much of the structural integrity of the dungeon. The whole dungeon shakes. Sarenkov leaps into the air, drawing his Zweihander. His sword stabs into the ground behind me. A spray of blood pools on the ground as Sarenkov falls on both my blades. A black haze envelops the beast as it begins to disintegrate into a diamond key that floats into the air. Is that it? This is the end? I mean, sure is, man. That's the key to the Tithis' vault. Frank, I don't care, man. We're here for Annie. Nits, man. I think you gotta face it. She's gone. Dude, you couldn't have stopped what happened. No, no, I couldn't have, but I'm going to fix this. A few months ago, Annie and I started our downhill slide. Living together started out great, but after the inevitable outsourcing of her customer service job and my depression from the inability to keep a job started to weigh on the relationship. The good times are hard to come by and would swiftly be shat upon the mind goblins that were running loose from the attic upstairs. After one goblin too many, she left. Months went by without a word. Her life went on without me almost immediately. It's tough to comprehend spending almost five years with someone and then some, suddenly have to suss out how to get by without them. But somehow I made it. I was just tired of being locked in my apartment listening to the bare-naked lady subtly depress me into a binge-drinking night after night. I wanted, I needed to move on. And I did. Until I got the word that Annie found Tinder and subsequently met Chad Newport. Chad Newport, one of the lead programmers of Spiral. Now, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but fuck Chad Newport. In an attempt to show Annie how video games have transcended to works of art, he arranged a special tour as a nice little date of his newest world in Spiral, the Twilight Tower. This was her first experience in a virtual world, or any video game for that matter, and it nearly killed her. Something in the game's OS corrupted the immersion system used to give the player the full experience of Spiral. Chad was left a shell of himself, half-brained and paranoid to the point he took the nearest exit off the ninth floor of Trinity Medical. Annie, however, has been in a coma for at least two months. And it's getting close to that time when her family needs to make a tough decision. And I'm going to change that. Frank, you got to have something, man. You got me this far. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Hold, hold up. Nitz, I think I see something. What's on that wall over there? Behind one of the collapsed walls, an ephemeral, glimmering purple entryway glitched between a decrepit dungeon gate. Frank? I think we got it. Benjamin Nitz? A cool female voice asks. Uh, Nitz... Another player's in the party, man. It's level 999. That's, that's impossible. The voice belongs to a humanoid silhouette of what looks like a black television static. There's nothing about it that seems sentient. Whoever is talking to us is using it as a means to communicate. I'm Agent Moffat, tech support for Paradox Technologies. A flurry of nervous swears can be heard coming from Frank in the real world. We know why you're here, Ben, and I'm so sorry for what happened to Annie. But we've had losses, too. <laughs> Chad Newport is a loss. Him? 
not one of our brightest. Twilight Tower was deemed unstable due to an unknown entity in the OS that he blatantly ignored. Entity. An entity. The matter-of-fact tone tells me that we may be in over our heads at this point. And Ben, that's why we have a problem. You see, Paradox is willing to overlook these minor user violations, the hacks, the cheats, but we can't allow you to continue. We just can't. You're stepping into something far beyond yours or any of our understanding. There's a long stare. I consider it for a moment. Maybe she's right. This is something I don't understand, but something in Moffat's tone stokes a fire in me. I've made too many stupid choices to stop now. If I'm going to get killed, let's go all in. I give her my response. You know, you're right. I don't know what I'm getting myself into, and that's kind of the fun of it. So I'm going to have to ask you to please kindly go fuck yourself. You're brave. That's respectable, Ben. But very stupid. We know where you and your friend are. Frank Carter, employed at Perry's Arcade in the Fort Steuben Mall. Sound about right. Rest assured that we are on our way. So you have two choices, gentlemen. You can unplug right now and deal with the consequences. Or you could stay here and meet the admin. <laughs> you saw what I did to Sarah and Carl. What's a dork like the admin have that I can't handle? As you can tell, my confidence is at its peak. But something about Moffat's tone is deathly serious. The dark static silhouette suddenly turns to a bright white static. The legs begin to grow, easily bringing it to over 10 feet tall. Its arms extend out into points, creating two cone-shaped ends. And most disturbing of all is the wide, menacing, photorealistic smile that begins to appear through the static. The thing screams out in a digital roar as it comes towards me like a skittering nightmare. Without a moment's hesitation, I cheese it for the portal. I can hear the static beast charging after me. Daring to look back, I see the manic smile showing its pretty little teeth, two rows of jagged chompers drooling with anticipation. Out of breath and starting to lose speed, I can hear it right on top of me. I take a dive into the portal but hit nothing but a brick wall. Dodging its frantic attempts to run me through, I call my one and only last resort. Frank! Frank, there's nothing here! Frank, do something! The monster's wearing me down. Open the door! I feel one of the admin's arm pierce my right leg like white-hot fire. This is not a game anymore. The admin snarls, ready to take its first and final bite out of me. As its small nearly engulfs me, I feel myself fall back, suddenly looking at a beautiful night sky, swirling with stars. All of a sudden, an old man appears looking down at me. Woe to those who drapes into the birth of the cataclysm! I get to my feet, backing away from the old man, who has cornered me into a mossy stone wall. The wrath of Tithis will not show mercy. All worlds, all dimensions, will be brought back to the brink of... The same glimmering purple glitch flashes over the old man. Now, with an upside-down head, he continues his prophecy once again. Woe to those who chase into the birth of the cataclysm! He continues staring dead at the wall, ranting at nothing, giving me a chance to slip by. I leave the old man on the wall to their debate and press on. Nitz? Sudden confusion in Frank's voice. We have a big problem. I feel the pain in my leg growing worse. I'm losing blood. Frank, let's just, let's just finish this. The unreleased section of the game is a forest straight out of a fairy tale. Only everything is wrong. Thorn purple tendrils have taken over every village, every part of the level, and they all lead to a floating tower. I use the power I have left in my suit's phase jump to leap from platform to platform, which are strewn with slain enemies and loot that's free for the taking. Someone has been here already. As I approach the entrance to the tower, I begin to hear what sounds like trees twisting and breaking. The floating island that the tower sits on is now being pulled into the vortex. The tendrils tethering it to the other platforms break and fall into the void. 
The door to the tower slowly creeps open. From the darkness, a large, armor-plated mechanical wolf emerges. The mechanic of its body's warring spraying little puffs of steam as it walks towards me with its arms stretched out, inviting a challenge. I unsheath my blades and turn my opponent shows its claws. Ten long silver claws. It rushes me, allowing no time to react. With a tackle, the wolf sends me rolling towards the edge of the island. I stab one of the blades into the ground to right myself. Before I do, the thing is on me again, this time taking my free arm and lifting me so we are now face to face. Holding me by both my arms, it snaps off my blades in two with its thumbs, showing little effort. My calm is out of power. I can feel myself grow weaker. Not sure if it's from the beating or the blood loss. Either way, staring down the maw of a robotic wolf doesn't seem to faze me much as I accept that this is the way I go. As the saw-like teeth start to bite down, it suddenly lets go, dropping me to the ground. Electricity flows through the mechanical wolf as it falls to its knees. The mouth opens completely, revealing a young woman wincing in pain from the shock. Annie? There's something about her that's different. It's obvious she is not happy to see me. The disgusted look on her face says it all, that she'd like nothing more than just to tear me into pieces. Since the bad times started, I've known that face well. I could blame life, but I know full well that I had some major hand in that disappointment. This isn't Annie, at least not as I knew her months ago. This is the Annie that I fell in love with years ago. The take-no-shit free spirit that liked to spend weekends in bed high watching Red Dwarf. This was the girl that gave a piece of shit like me the love, trust, and support that I didn't deserve when I was struggling to find direction. Hi, Ben. From out of the darkness of the main tower entrance, Annie appears. My Annie. She approaches the hulking armor and pulls the crossbow out of its leg. Annie Prime lets out a breath of relief. Scowling at Annie. Why? After what he did to you? What we did. We failed each other. It's a two-way street. Climbing back to her feet, Annie Prime points an accusatory claw at me. This asshole ruined years of your life. With a sincere laugh, she walks towards me, placing her hand on my chest. He didn't ruin me. Ben, he woke me up. I feel this sincere sense of relief in her voice. I just feel this change somewhere in her. Ben, we're meant to live for what? If we're lucky, 70 years. Everything out there in the real world is program. One day we're born, we go through years of training ourselves how to read, how to write, how to function as a person. We're fucking fine with everything being predestined because we're terrified to find out what'll happen if we break that programming. She takes me by the hand, kissing me on the cheek. You can let go, Ben. I'm happy now. Although, honestly... It's kind of hot seeing you come to the rescue. Annie Prime scoffs. <laughs> Him? He's stupid looking. You know, what can I say? I have a soft spot for the idiot. But I really wouldn't worry much. Annie seductively approaches Annie Prime. Four years? And he can never find that one little spot that makes me do anything that you want. The Annie's kiss lovingly. Prime shoots a smile in a subtle fuck you, now what kind of way. <laughs> I know the feeling. Surprises the hell out of me, but I'm happy for her. Annie was not one for our world, and I'm realizing not one for me. For the first time in a while, there's a genuine smile between us. A sense of relief. Um, got room for one more? The death glance tells me that comment was not appreciated. Annie Prime clacks one claw together. Can I kill him now? Annie puts a hand on the claw, letting her know to stand down. The tender moment is interrupted by the electronic screeching of the admin, which has now grown into a size dwarfing the tower. With one big slam of its arm, 
It fractures the island in two. Without a word to each other of goodbye, the other island begins to break apart, falling in the purple vortex. Annie and Annie Prime are gone. Turning to face the admin, I remove my armor, shitting the apparatus, leaving me in the suit chassis. I'm breaking the programming. Just as the admin's maul is right upon me, I'm violently pulled back to Perry's arcade of the Fort Steuben Mall, surrounded by Agent Moffin and her men, and Frank looking like a deer in headlights. Because of the unusual nature of the spiral incident, Paradox let me off light. In exchange for my silence, they decided to let me live and were even good enough to commit me to a local psych ward. Perfect way to write off a conspiratorial nut job who knows way too much. I did see Annie one more time. For special request from Agent Moffat, I was given permission to attend her funeral. I didn't make waves, didn't give condolences, just stayed a silent observer. I just couldn't find the words to explain what happened to her. Maybe I didn't need to. Let them stick to their programming. Now for the next year or so, it's just me and the boys of Dorm 7. Ben Nets and his new buddies, Vince and JP. JP, a short ginger man with a ginger beard and ginger hair, reads from a gaming magazine. Guys, guys, they're announcing a new spiral game. Vince, who has been napping every day, every hour since I've met him, rolls over, shooting a venomous glance towards JP. You really never want to have sex again, do you? Total immersion, man. Sex is the most basic thing you do in there. Anything could happen. Yeah, but out here you're still a weird little scamp. The two continue their back and forth, and I catch a glance at the magazine article JP was reading. On one page, a full-color ad which reads Spiral, the Twilight Hunters. And there at the center, a familiar-looking woman riding atop a mechanical wolf charging into the unknown. That was really good. I went in the exact opposite direction like, of could that. Have, could have been heavier on video gamey stuff, more like. Well, then you're not going to like my story. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just like love the First premise of this was um, from the girl's perspective, trying to escape mm-hmm. a, an abusive boyfriend. But that was dark. I would, say, I, that's, I would probably get dark in that It was no fun. <laughs> this, I, I really wanted this character to be heroic, but at the same time, still kind of get what's his coming his way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, I did like it. That was pretty deep, deep lore and everything. And Thanks. Yeah, I went the exact opposite route of this, so I'm going to be very interested in what you think about my story. <laughs> okay. And here we go. February 17th, 2002. I met these girls at the Kings of Eternity's N7 meetup this weekend, and they were awesome. Alexis and Rachel introduced me to all their friends who are really well known in the fandom community. Alexis herself runs a few online forums and has even interviewed some of the original voice actors. They told me I'm always welcome to crash at their place. That would be really cool because John has been hitting me again, and I don't think mom cares. February 20th, 2002. I just finished my fourth playthrough of KOEE7. I love the character of Psy. He's so cool and has an amazing character redemption arc. You hate him at first, then by the time he's sacrificed to Ketra to save the whole dock and realm, it's one of the saddest scenes ever, and his romance with Theo is so hot. I'm staying at Alexis and Rachel's this weekend, so I wanted to freshen up on my KOEE lore. February 26, 2002. This weekend was amazing. When I got to Alexis and Rachel's, everyone was LARPing in characters, and when I showed up, Alexis slash Adrienne told me that I got to LARP Psy. All weekend, we talked to each other in character. We played Waldridge, the in-game card game, and even did a few mock Ketra rituals. At one point, Adrienne tried to hook me up with the person playing Theo, but they weren't my type, and when I said this to Alexis, she got kind of annoyed, but... March 5th, 2002. 
So I'm finally settled into Alexis and Rachel's, or Adrian and Star's place. It's a bit messier than I remember. I don't think they've cleaned since the last party. The trash smells like rotting meat and there's glitter everywhere. That's okay. Anything is better than John beating on me when he's drunk for no reason. I'll be more than happy to clean up a bit for letting me move in. I've been having a great time with them. We're always talking Kings of Eternity's endgames and lore. Alexis loves Adrienne for her magic abilities and the fact that they are both orphans. Alexis told me it makes her happy to be called Adrienne and asked if I would continue to do so. I said I'd be happy as long as she doesn't mind calling me Cy. I want to put my old name and past behind me. March 10th, 2002. They finally cut me down to only one day a week at the store. I've been late every day this week. I now have to walk 30 minutes to work since I don't have my bike, and on top of that, I haven't been sleeping a lot. Adrienne always has our friends over late doing Ketra rituals and channeling the real K-O-E-E characters. She also wake me up in the middle of the night to go fairy hunting, and I do love to join her. Sometimes I think Adrienne really can see the fairies, all green and hairy like in the game. It's okay. I'll find a new job. March 13th, 2002. Today I watched Adrienne anoint herself in oils. She said that showering dampened her connection to the real Adrienne and that she wanted the connection as strong as possible, so she stopped showering a few weeks ago. It's fascinating. I think I'm going to try it. March 16th, 2002. I heard him speak to me in my mind. I knew all those channeling sessions would work, and I haven't showered in days. I feel sigh inside of me, his chaotic good nature taking me over. I feel so much more confident in myself knowing he's with me. I even chatted up a girl on the street while I was taking out the 10th bag of trash. Adrienne thinks I have potential, and she's planning something big. March 17th, 2002. We had a big party this weekend to celebrate St. Anouk's Day, the celebration in K-O-E-E of the day that the grobs were pushed back beyond the borders of Isha by Anouk herself. We ate leshen pie and drank mold wine from goblets. At the end of the night, we crafted a magi circle from salt, and then we all cut our hands and bled for the continued prosperity and safety of the Dokken realm. Adrienne then pulled me into the circle and announced I was now an official member of the Order of Potion. She revealed her magic was real, and everyone there had the potential for magic, including me. She just had to be sure first. I'm so happy that I finally fit in somewhere. This is my new family. March 23rd, 2002. The electric was finally shut off, but Adrienne and I liked the candlelight anyway. Star moved out a few days ago. She said she couldn't stand the smell anymore. We tried to explain that soon we'd be projecting ourselves into the real Dokken realm, but she wouldn't listen. Adrienne had yelled at her pretty bad, though, and Rachel said that she had hit her, but I don't believe that. Adrienne would never do something like that. Star also told me something weird before she left. She said that Alexis thought the world was going to end soon. March 27, 2002. I'm so excited for tonight. I can't wait to be in the real Dokken realm and live up to my true potential. Now I know why this story resonates with me so much. I belong there. Sai's parents are evil and selfish and made him that way. Then when he finally encountered people that accepted him, he ends up saving the whole realm. Adrienne found me and she believes in me and cares. She is a true Erez, angel of the stars. April 1st, 2002. Case number 75634. Detail of events. A complaint was made about a smell from 564 Apartment 3 on Poplar Street. We were met at the door by a girl around 20 who claimed she didn't know what was making the smell. I noticed something that looked like blood in her hair. I looked past her and saw even more blood. 
I detained her and put her in my car, then headed inside the apartment. The place was covered in garbage and glitter, but mostly blood. I saw the severed head of a male around 20 sitting on the countertop in the kitchen. The rest of the body was in the middle of the room, surrounded by candles and in various states of dismemberment. I spotted a hacksaw discarded in the corner. Black trash bags scattered the floor. Flies buzzed around and kept landing on the headless corpse. I spotted a few fingers laying in a row on the coffee table. The fingertips singed off and burnt. I called for backup. Actions taken. Alexis Smith's parents were contacted, and she has been taken into custody. She keeps saying that she saved the world and that we should be thanking her. The boy she killed was Brian Stone. His parents haven't been as easy to contact. This is a clear first-degree homicide. Alexis will undergo psychiatric evaluation before her trial. It is obvious she is delusional, but we're still unsure how much she really believes. She keeps talking about stuff from Kings of Eternity's N7, a game I've played myself once or twice. It's pretty fun. Great ending. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great ending. <laughs> Actually, video gaming this time. Like, and, and like the LARPing. You know, bring the LARPing into that and everything. Yeah. That was nice. Um, uh, that's dark. actually... Guys are dark. <laughs> um, that's based on something that really happened. Well, that was like a super, super, super fictionalized version of something that happened in 2002 yeah. from these like crazy people that like had this like Final Fantasy VII house huh. yeah and like all these people lived there and like no one took out the trash and it was just like garbage and like the main girl they like, wanted thought. to live in midgard in mid yeah you have to live under the plate yeah. in the trash like well, really, we gotta make it the slums guys like it's not it's not midgard if we're not in the slums yeah but uh, in in the actual story the person was got smart and just Left. Jesus. <laughs> Instead of getting murdered, yeah. but so you took it. You took it the extra mile. Yeah, I yeah. took it the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That like was that a really nice, subtle ending. Yeah. yeah, I like that kind of storytelling with the mix of diaries and then into mm-hmm. police reports and everyone in there. Like, I do like that kind of stuff. My uh, my other thought was the ending was almost like Alexis's last journal entry, or like she found his journal and mm-hmm. like added an entry. But then I was like, no, because I wanted her to remain weird. You know, I didn't really want to explain her very much. You know, like, how much did she actually believe? Was she always a psychopath? Did she always want to kill him? Did she really believe that she, you know, like, saved the world? Like, I wanted that to be, like, vague. (laughs) You wouldn't stop laughing. The lore that you put behind it was great. Uh, Anytime you start talking about, like, sipping chalices, it just, like, warms my heart. Did that that all come out of the pressure cooker up here? I just, I just honestly, I would just write down any weird name yeah. that I, like, yep. that I could. Like, Tithis the Cataclysm, Saren Ka. Yeah, I just wrote it <laughs> that down. Sounded like stuff that was from like Knights of the Old Republic, to be honest. I was like, it sounded like like Jedi names. It could be. Names. I was like, Saren Ka. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nonsense up there. It's in a book somewhere, a Star Wars book. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, that was, like, one of my favorite things, though, was just, like, making up this random-ass lore yeah. for yeah, this game yeah. that didn't exist. And that, that really kind of helped my story along, because mm. once I got in the world, that kind of, that that's where the fun came into yeah. it. And that, oh, that's building, where... Lore building yeah. is the best. Uh, one of the things, like, not, like, just not knowing much about what you guys were getting into here, just knowing this video game stuff, one thing I would have liked to have seen, just really, like, one of my favorite kind of storytelling is if you would have had actual personal video game experience and then adapted it into a story... Like subject, like uh, told oh. one of those stories, okay. and then how, and the end actually had been that it was a real experience, and that you've flavored it all up 
into that because okay. I, that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things when I play games is like well, I, I get deep into the head cannon oh, deep absolutely. into my own lore. Yeah. And like well, that's why I can still play Final Fantasy One. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting there like when it's like fighter hit the guy from ninety five. Like I'm thinking that all in. I'm thinking like their relationship, what they're talking about after battle and all that. So like I would have loved to have seen you guys like had a special video game moment and I didn't think of that. Brought that in into it, expanded mm-hmm. that into a bigger story of what your like ultimate head canon of what that moment would have been, like if, if it was real, like and and then at the end, like and like, oh, and like, yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> like flavor the ending up a little better than that or the reveal better, but you know. Like those were my, that's one of my favorite kind of stories. And like you know, when you told me video game stuff, I wanted a little more video gamey things. But they were both really good stories, different than like. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do something like different because I didn't want to do something like, like a Black Mirror like play test where you know it it was supposed to be a video game, but it turned out to be like way too mm-hmm. real, like way too real, where like the person dies. Yeah. But I also didn't want to do. Yeah. You know, and I just felt like what else I didn't want to do, like a new technology that came out that was, you know, like sort of how you did it, because I was like, I want to do something like different. Yeah. It, it, there, it so was a ready player one. It was like that was the ready problem. One That's what I was Matrix. afraid of. Yeah. yeah like, but I did like and then just, like the mo- I like the Moffat and there like some of the names. Yeah. Like I was like, I did like it, but yours was like heavy on. Leaning on that same kind of lore as, like, Ready Player One. And like, that, that was the problem like that, but. I had trying to find something to write about. Like, initially, I just had where Annie and uh, Nitz living together. And Nitz was very certain that she was cheating on him. And the entire story was just his paranoia and them talking and him talking mm-hmm. how the relationship fell apart. And the video game was a very loose part of it. Well, in the end of it the video game clone of Annie materialized out of the video game. Mm. And I had a lot of trouble explaining how that happened. I did think, like, I, I lost track a few times, like, when it jumped around, like, well, especially once he started talking to Annie and Annie Prime, like, I actually had, like, was a little confused at how I got to that point at some point. Maybe I had, like, phased out for a second. But, like, it was just jumping around between, like, the real, like, when you were describing the real world lore mm-hmm. and what was happening. Like, I think I lost... <laughs> pace at some point like i got back in like once you start talking once that their like conversation got going that was tricky to write but like yeah, yeah once they start talking i was like wait i was like i, I was like are we still are we back in the game or when we talking about the programming and like i kind of got a little thrown off i needed like a third a third draft third or fourth draft there to really a, kind of like iron lot, that out and yeah a lot and you're like yours was definitely like had a lot more like it was longer and had a lot more but it also seemed like it needed more to like iron out the little they were just like, a little bit more ex- like well not exposition but a little bit more in between there, because yeah, all fitting all that into what seemed like yeah, the one big assault mm-hmm. on the uh, spiral or they were there running towards. So yeah, that was actually my biggest struggle was I really wanted to write a story that was shorter than my last story, and it was super compact. Like I wanted to make yeah like a mm-hmm. really really compact story, and I actually this was the I wrote it once already, and the first time I wrote it, I wrote it much more like what actually happened, mm-hmm. where, like, his parents kick him out of the house, he has to live with them, and he gets there, and they're, like, really weird, and they smell bad, and he's like, what am I doing here? This is ridiculous. Yeah. And he doesn't buy into it at all. And then he finally, and then I didn't know what, at, at that, I was thinking maybe she actually, like, was magic at the end of that rough draft, but then I was like, No. I'm like, this is going to go on forever because I had to, like, drop little hints about it. I was like, what if this person is just totally bought in? Like, what if they really thought that they were just as invested in this lore? And, I mean, 
we all know people can get that way. Mm-hmm. Like they, if their home it's life is that bad, do, yeah. Like if you don't have another option, if you don't have any friends, if your life is that bad, like you will latch on to something that resonates with you, like in a scary way. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's really kind of creepy. And then having to read this journal of like this person just getting like sucked into this like bad situation, you know, and not even that, realizing it. So I did like that. I thought it still needed to, like, I know you said you wanted it to be shorter, but I actually thought like, I liked that aspect, but I thought there needed to be more. Like I thought that it should have been longer. There should have been more entries that showed their, like her descent mm-hmm. into it and getting deeper into it. And like, and especially when it went, immediately into the cough thing. I thought that was that seemed too soon. I thought you could have done like uh even keeping it in tune with video games, like how uh especially how they what the ending was with Resident Evil Seven and the house got like that, you could have gotten a little, maybe a little bit more. I know you wanted to kinda jump in there and like throw show all of a sudden like mm-hmm. games and then immediately that. But I would have liked just at least a little longer with a little bit more maybe a few showing. more entries. Just a few more yeah. for like slowly getting a little bit mm-hmm. crazier. Like it did seem like it was like, oh, I was all right, police officer all of a sudden. Like I, it seemed like at least needed like maybe two, three more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like a big holy shit moment where she does kill somebody, but it's like she feels she's living out of video game not fantasy. Even like, not even like say that. Just her describe like her favorite battle or something. Like just talk about a great battle they had and not mention it. Like I thought the like uh, like Adrian and I, and I had an amazing battle today, and yeah, we you know and did this and did awesome that. Did. Like man, he came out and lopped his head off, or like and all, and like. And then when like, like yeah, and then when the cops show up later, mm. there's another body that yeah. was there the whole time. Yeah. And had it was like whatever well, way that they one. described the killing him or something like pizza guy or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, oh, I like, like that. Someone came, yeah, someone came with. Uh, what would it have been? What would it have been in the game? Like bearing a huge shield or something. Yeah, it's a man in his in his giant shield or his uh, discus or so whatever they want to think of that in their fantasy world and and had to slay him can't can't have that that's good i like that i like that too so i I didn't think that would have needed well because this is the other thing that i like about like us doing this is because afterwards like say that we do x amount episodes and then we want to expand it into like we can like release them online like written so that people can actually like read them and then we can release like revised versions of them you know Mm -hmm. and we can even maybe have a few episodes where we go back and we read you know old stories that we've actually decided to rewrite it's amazing you really do have to review and let things go through the Mm -hmm. process of revision things like just today i was just seeing how like bioshock didn't have rapture in it in the first two drafts like that's insane yeah (laughs) it was originally just in a space station and then on an island like it's like the biggest part of the game like imagine if that was your your dream of that game they're like oh it's got to be in the space station there's no way it could be any good any other way underwater what it's like no your (laughs) your dream sucks your dream's bad you should feel bad like we're we're putting it underwater your dream your dream is so bad that we're gonna go as far in the opposite direction as we can we're gonna put this thing underwater but that's insane because that's such an iconic that's like and it completely sucked me in yeah when i i had no idea what the game was about crashed mm -hmm. into the ocean and i was in rapture i thought it was fantastic revision and peer review and revision it's it's funny you say that when I'm thinking of a story, that's what I think of are the beginning of the Bioshock games. Just how nicely those were all at, especially Infinite. It's like at the scale it goes to, it's really slow and mm. subtle, and you get into kind of that little, like the lighthouse. It starts to bleed in, like, yeah. the, like the, how terrible it all is. Like, mm-hmm. first it's just like, first it's just like, oh, this is some terrible racism, and then it's like, oh, this is some bad racism. It's like, oh, this, this is, is some awful. like... awful. Like, or like, or like, like, this is getting... Getting dark, <laughs> but it, yeah. Tie it to the blackies. Let's go to the, the sky. Nice, nice build up to it, like, oh, 
yeah, that both of those games are amazing. But to think that they could be so different if you if you complete creative control, it's like well. And I was um, George Lucas, man. <laughs> and while we were watching this, or while we were um, writing these, Love, Death, and Robots came out on Netflix, which is an anthology show oh. of eighteen animated shorts. Every one of them is the beginning of a video game. No, not that it is, but they could be. They all feel like scrapped video game stories. The first story is about these monster mm-hmm. fighters. Oh, I watched that with Jerry. The yeah, other yeah, wasn't that, that was so amazing? Awesome. That was so Keep good. watching it, man. Yeah, that was the only one we watched. I thought that was very There's a good. Dog Soldiers. Like, yeah, why isn't this a game in a movie? Oh, like Dog Soldiers? Like the, like, Not like the, the movie, movie, but they do um, they, they do like a cool send-up with the Dog Soldiers theme that I loved. Um, really great, really great series. All right, man. So you could handle this any way you can. You could just come out and say the winner, or you could give the condolence prizes however you want. So I did, I did like both. I thought, like I said, I did, I, a few had issues, even though I enjoyed them both. And uh, I think I did like Dave's more, just in the sense that it was a little bit more flushed out. I think I probably would have liked yours more had it had the two, like two or three. Like I think if both of yours had the improvements I suggested, I probably would have liked yours more though, because mm-hmm. I do like that kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And just the whole time in yours, like even though I haven't seen Ready Player One, I did just keep thinking that, and I was just like, eh, I've eh, never seen Ready Player One. No, but yeah. at the same time, I was like, this is just what this is, but just with like a really weird love story. <laughs> like, like, but uh, but I, I I think I will still give it to you there. I think like yours just if you would have had the two or three more in of just the slow descent of that other little of the cheeky little uh, murder or something that we didn't know about before that we were real, then would have been nice. Um, yeah, both really good. But I think this was a little bit more flushed out. All right. And in there. <laughs> Fine. I'll give it to you this time. It's one and one. One and one. Oh, uh, yeah. But it always comes down to like those little things. It's yeah. always the one thing that the other person yeah. didn't do that the other person did a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. You're the judge. Okay. So you get to dish out the topic for next week, however you like. All right. So I have two topics that I was th- that I was considering and that I was thinking you could really go in any direction you wanted, like either talking specifically about what they are. Or to like, to, or to, again, like this, just to tell your own story, kind of in the one case in the world or in the other, just involving that. Uh, in playing Sekiro, I think I love how like that goes way more into the Japanese culture where you're used to playing the video games with, that are uh, more medieval based fantasy and things. Uh, and I was just thinking about like the chakras and keys and just uh, internal human energies and possibly that, like all the way from all the way from like Dragon Ball Z like to the extreme like uh, end of that to like the monks that actually say that that's a real thing and that you can gain like energy and holistic healing from it. So like in any sort of the spectrum of that, however you would want to cover that and okay. either go I got you. full bore with it or talk about what it is. Or uh, obviously the few things I name dropped a few times <laughs> throughout there. I mean, how do you not like talk about Star Wars a little bit? I'm getting so close to being able to watch the movies again. Like, I haven't watched any in, like, over a year. And it took over a year before I went a single day without being angry about The Last Jedi. And so I'm getting really excited about being able to watch the trilogy again. So just, I don't know, being able to hear Star Wars stories, either about experiences of Star Wars or about just a sweet story about being in the Star Wars universe, your own little head, like, fanfic of Star Wars. Would both be nice, so. That could be fun, but I want to challenge us both. Let's do chakras. Okay, we'll yeah. do chakras. We'll do chakras. chakras. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I was more leaning towards. But then I was just like, oh, like I said, I've just I've been having it on the mind. I've got. Well, my I'm Star Wars so story close. is going to be my and experience you might with say you. It for me, like whenever we, <laughs> we, 
we have, we have to do my my scream session, my like my healing session of watching the Last Jedi again because I can't watch it like a normal movie. Whenever I watch that, it's gonna have to be an airing of grievances. <laughs> like, literally, me just yelling at the screen with like someone hugging me. <laughs> uh, well, right. we'll cut you over here. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need it. Like that's why I've been pulling it off. I was like, I, I need I need company for this. Like I can't. I need a buddy system. <laughs> can't be left alone with that movie. <laughs> well, you could have your own Cinescario. And just have your air and your grievances yeah, just, with like, The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's all yours, buddy. We'll have to watch it, and <laughs> I could rant longer than the movie is. <laughs> all right, so the score is one to one. One to one. I concede yours was better than mine. Mm. I'll give you that I, much. But still, you do so good with the subtleties. I liked how yours ended a lot better last week. Yeah. And I do agree with him. It needed just one more little element in it. Yeah. Cause that, cause I That's felt my, quick. my endings, my endings were kind of like, here it is. It's the end too. Yeah. And I couldn't think of what that transition was. So I, I feel for you and the time we had to write it. That could be a little bit tough. Your yeah. quick ending seemed to work a little better. Just in the lore of it. I mean, just unplugged from a video game is obviously going to be jarring and quick. So, I mean, that didn't, it didn't seem like, a breaking of like pace or anything, Laura. It really and the, it. like it was like, oh, we unplugged and now we're insane. Simon was like, that would seem quick, but I mean, just like, yeah, like you're unplugged and oh, and you didn't out. need to know more about Moffat. I think you knew all no, you needed to know that. about her no, in the really. beginning. Yeah. All right, yeah, buddy. Well, hey, fun. thank you, man. Yeah, happy to be here. It was fun. Okay, Cross. Till next time. All right, till next time. A midnight stereo production.